0: As individuals, we tend to overestimate what we can do in the short term and underestimate what can be achieved in the long term if we stick with something. But sometimes on a day-to-day basis, it, it can be hard to see the improvement. You have to believe in the compounding impact of getting a little bit better every day. I think the opportunity to start your own idea and chase it is a privilege. You get to choose the problem that you're going after that has real meaning and just remember to laugh often. And if you're having fun along the way, you're laughing in the face of the, the big challenge that you're tackling, then it actually can be really incredibly rewarding. And so, um, so give it a go.
1: You are listening to Entrepreneurs Unraveled. Today, we are joined by Tim Brown and Joey Zwillinger, the co-founders of Allbirds. Allbirds is a footwear brand known for its sustainable and comfortable shoes made from eco-friendly materials. Chapter one, the co-founders. Allbirds was hailed as the most comfortable shoe ever. But ironically, the two men who created them didn't know anything about shoes. Or more accurately, they didn't know how to make shoes. Tim was a national soccer player in New Zealand.
0: Leo Bertos with yet another corner for New Zealand. Yes! It was an incredible ride. It was the first time in 28 years New Zealand had been to the World Cup. And uh... It is all over! New Zealand are going to South Africa! And Tim Brown, look how much it means to him. The dream has been fulfilled.
1: As a soccer player, Tim wore more shoes than anyone else and had a strong desire for good shoes, which led him to enter the shoe industry after retirement.
0: When I played sport, I was sponsored by one of the big sportswear companies. Uh, It was one of the great things about playing sport. With my own observations, it felt like footwear design was very loud and a lot, if most of everything, was made from plastic and synthetic materials. So I started to imagine a different type of business, a different way of making and thinking about product. And um, I had a a professor at business school after I retired from sport. I was talking a lot about the shoes. I was thinking deeply about the shoes and he encouraged me to get it out in the world. He was frustrated with me. He was like, stop talking about it, get it out into the world and see if someone other than your mum will buy these things. It turns out it's very, very hard to make shoes. Um, Making a shoe out of materials that have never been used or very seldom used in footwear, is even harder. Merino wool was our first material.
1: Tim started his Kickstarter campaign in 2014 with the slogan, no socks, no snow. He used wool, a material not often used in shoes, partly because of the abundance of sheep in New Zealand, but also because it wigs sweat away from the feet, which makes the shoes orderless and sustainable.
0: Ready? Sweet. G'day, guys. If you wore shoes without socks for over a month, would they smell? Of course they would. Well these don't. How is this possible? The answer is wool. It's tough, regulates temperature, reduces smell, wicks away moisture, and importantly, is a sustainable and biodegradable resource. We launched it on Kickstarter, and it was very successful in a short space of time. Um, But it lacked a purpose. I don't think I had that big dream. I really wasn't sure I wanted to keep going. It was hard. And I met Joey, my co-founder. He uh, had been on a, a different journey around climate change and the environment. He opened my eyes to challenge around the environment, around climate change, around the fashion industry, and an opportunity for business to be a, uh, and, and a brand to be a true leader in that space. And you know, he was the one that was really responsible for the big dream. And don't, don't tell him I said anything good. <laughs>
2: uh, Tim and I were friends through our wives. We saw each other at weddings. Um, They lived in London at the time, actually. And um, he put the Kickstarter on the platform. I got the email and immediately bought it. You know, he had, he connected a lot of what still today is at the absolute core of what Allbirds stands for. It's about that simplicity in design, focus on comfort, and using sustainability with that innovation to connect all of that. The Kickstarter sold out really fast. It was three days, like $120,000, quite a lot for a Kickstarter, particularly in the fashion category. So I ran the, the green chemicals business that utilized biotechnology to engineer microalgae. What I knew from my background was that there was lots of opportunities to take naturally derived materials to manifest amazing products that delivered on that promise of something that felt unique, felt different, and it left no dent on the planet. And so what I thought was, hey, maybe I could move downstream and go into a brand and really show the world how you could make this no compromise solution. Then we started about a year later, started talking really seriously about the idea of, hey, maybe there's a different way to do this business that can connect your strengths with my strengths and see a business opportunity that's much bigger than what you're um, setting out to do today.
1: Chapter two, Wool Runner. Tim has just wrapped up the successful Kickstarter project, but he is faced with the difficult decision of whether to go further or stop. Knowing nothing about shoes, they choose to move forward. This chapter covers the journey of all birds from the Kickstarter project to becoming a brand.
2: You know, Tim was a professional athlete. I was in the material science and biotechnology industry. We didn't know that much about shoes. So we came in and we did what we believed was right versus, being burdened with the legacy way of thinking in the industry.
0: We had four other employees alongside Joey and I and his dog Walter and we were working out of his mother-in-law's house just outside of San Francisco so it was very very humble beginnings. We were able to meet a couple of uh, really experienced people within the wool industry and also a little bit further down the road in the footwear industry. Both of those uh, experts said this was a waste of time, that they'd looked at it, the opportunity wasn't big enough, the consumer wasn't going to care. It really was one of those moments in time where you either quit or you double down and try even harder. We'd ask them really simple questions about why it hadn't been done before. And we could never get completely satisfied with the answer. And so we, 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 we trusted ourselves. I like to sort of say, if you don't seek feedback, you're dumb. It's not very smart. But equally, I, I, I could make the case that you're more dumb if you listen to all of it. I think we're a bit
2: different than maybe some other uh, companies that have gone at sustainability as sustainability being their outcome. Customers buy great products, not sustainable ones. What I mean is, there's never going to be a sacrifice on the performance of a product, the comfort of the product, the style of the product. That has to be A.
0: So it was a long, long journey of um, trying to work it out, of finding factories, of developing materials. We made a lot of mistakes, and when we went, Looking for our first manufacturing partner, we went to Korea, to Busan. We found an incredible factory in Busan that really understands the type of quality that we stand for and, and our purpose.
2: What we believed was we could start selling with one product, a limited line, we knew had a beautiful, unique aesthetic. We wanted to control the experience.
0: Uh, Lots of experts told us that's not the way that you launch a shoe brand. You need lots of different options. But we focused maniacally on one single silhouette. On March 1st, 2016, we launched the Wool Runner. Time Magazine said
2: we were the most comfortable shoe in the world. Obviously, that was super helpful. (laughs) We sold a million dollars worth of shoes in the first month behind the demand with our supply we frankly couldn't make enough shoes
0: it was successful it has become a kind of an iconic product for us sometimes we assume innovation is about adding more things making new things and sometimes it can also be about simplifying
2: so when we put something to market you know in the tech industry maybe you talk
0: about a minimum viable
2: product we like to talk about a minimum lovable product the hurdle is is a little higher it doesn't mean it's perfect and we want to get it better every day. The wool runner, I think we made
0: now probably forty running changes. We built from that to then expand into new materials and into performance and a lot of different things. But that focus is deeply rooted in our DNA.
1: Chapter three: Sustainability. There are a lot of products out there with good intentions, but people don't pay for good intentions itself. What actually matters is the good product. Allbirds has a vision to contribute to the sustainability of the footwear market through material innovation. In this chapter, you'll learn why sustainability is an important part of Allbirds' vision and how the team is achieving their mission through footwear.
2: What's crazy is there's 20 billion pairs of shoes made every year, and virtually all of them are made from plastic from petroleum or leather from cows. That's essentially the two options and they're polluting the earth when they're doing that because of the carbon emissions. They go into landfills and, and they're just wasted there. There's no circularity in the sh- sneaker industry. I'm wondering, did I bring three kids into a world that's gonna be a place that is less enjoyable than the world I've experienced? Uh, and that's a sad question to have to ask.
0: If you ask everyone, I'm sure in Korea, in New Zealand, and America, the vast majority of people care about the environment, they care about sustainability. But when it goes to buy things, it's sometimes not immediately clear what is right, what is wrong, what is good, what is bad. At Allbirds, part of our job is, has, has been to try and make sense of that. We've tried to do that through the lens of carbon. That's predominantly the focus of our environmental work. Every product that we make has the carbon footprint on the tongue or on the heel, in the same way that calories go, uh, are labeled on food. Because for us, We really believe that you first have to measure it. You can't reduce it if you don't know
2: where you stand. So first measure it, then reduce it to zero, and then we just work backwards. How do we get there? And that helps every day to focus our efforts so that we use our resources, our capital, our time. We use that as wisely as we can. What we need to focus on is constantly innovating. Consumers never get tired of innovation.
0: Natural materials can sometimes be harder to work with, more challenging, particularly because we haven't innovated in them as much. We've tried to do that uh, with merino wool, with eucalyptus fiber, with sugarcane and in our soles. That material innovation is at the core of all birds. It's the engine that drives our product creation and the thing that we think uh, is very different from the rest of the industry.
2: I guess I could say there's, there's two things that really help us be effective as
0: a company, trying to do something
2: that no one's done before. First thing is, is to make sure we have a really clear purpose. It always goes back to, we make great products, not sustainable ones, but truly great products are sustainable. And then the second thing is prioritization. We're selling to consumers that they hear so many different things in, in a single day, and we need to cut through with a consistent, sharp message. If we did 50 different things, we would lose focus, the customer would stop caring, that's a trap that a lot of uh, people fall into. Is that they don't um, say no 99 times for every one thing they say yes to. And I think when we are less effective, it's because we say yes to three instead of one. And and that kind of idea. So that's a consistent reminder that we try to try to do. Recognizing that we're a very small company relative to this industry. It is such a big industry. As I said, 20 billion pairs of shoes made every year. We're in the low millions. So. We have so much room to grow that we just got to focus and execute and innovate the hell out of these natural materials that make such great products.
1: Chapter four, team. Albers has achieved remarkable success on its journey so far, including its recent initial public offering on NASDAQ in November, 2021. With over 4 million customers worldwide, the company continues to expand its presence in the shoe wholesale market by partnering with renowned retailers like Nordstrom. The co-founders Tim and Joey emphasize that Albert's journey is far from over. In this chapter, they share the visions that drive the Alberts team forward.
0: To the, to the team that's here and the folks watching at home, I'm sure I'm not the first person to get up here and say their team's great. But... Let me make the case for why it's the best. You've come here, you've laughed in the face of challenge. It's funny, with success, um, you have a little bit of it. Every sort of step is more challenging than the next. So you have to constantly reset your expectations. There's many things we need to do better, many more challenges for us to to, to tackle, and that's a privilege because of how far we've come. Definitely um, little moments that tells you you're on the right track. It's the little interaction with your teammate, or the solving of a problem, or the release of a new product. Oftentimes it's the mistakes in the fullness of time that you look back on and teach you the most. So now we're six
2: years into this journey. What I learned back then was the big challenge for Allbirds was going to be giving ourselves the time and the opportunity to spend a year training factories, developing materials, doing the really hard work we knew this was going to be hard and this was going to be a long road and so respecting that and understanding those timelines allow us to invest with a really long horizon and anyone starting a business will quickly find out that always on thinking about your business is very tiring if you don't believe in what you're doing and so I I go back to the purpose of the company if I authentically believe that the world needs a leader in consumer products to change the view of climate change. We need a leader like that, and that helps me get out of bed every day, no matter how hard the last day was, and say, all right, let's go again. Like We're fighting for something important. It's less about the fact that I'm confident. Um, It's probably more that uh, I have one life to live. But If I'm going to take one swing at the baseball, I'd rather swing for the fences.
0: As an entrepreneur, as a founder of a business, I feel incredibly fortunate. People talk a lot about the challenges, and that's real, but allow you to talk about some of the good things, and some of the good things are you get to choose who you work with. To be able to surround yourself with people that are smart, thoughtful, hardworking, you can create some deep relationships, friendships. In the same way as in my sporting career, in my entrepreneurial career, when you're part of a team shooting for a problem, together that is bigger than any one individual, bigger than the group, I don't think work gets any better than that. So it, it's, it's worth it. It's worth it and I, I feel for anyone who gets the opportunity to do it, they should, they should give it a go.
1: On our upcoming episode, we'll be featuring Speak, which is a mobile app that helps people practice languages. Speak has recently secured $27 million in funding during its Series B round with OpenAR Startup Fund leading the investment. Remember to hit the subscribe button to stay updated on our upcoming episode. Thank you for tuning in.